0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Knock It Off, our weekly podcast on all things real life and real time, adulting and motherhood. Brought to you by two unqualified and quirky moms with the hope that we hope you feel less alone in your plights. This is Bethany Bell, sister number two, mother of three. The other sister is Kara Wood. Today I am bringing you episode number 22. Oh! Back to school, back to school, to prove to mom that I'm not a fool. I got my lunch packed up, my boots tied tight, I hope I don't get in a fight. We hope those of you with kids still in the house are transitioning well back to school. The photos online are adorable. I myself did not take back-to-school pictures for a couple of reasons. A. I was irresponsibly on the other coast of the country while my kids started the third grade, having an experience like none other. Details to follow. And number two, my eldest has fervently avoided first-day-of-school pictures like they are the plague, so I don't push the matter. On to this week's episode. Are you ready for it? Reflections from the final show of Taylor Swift's 2023 North American Eras Tour. Last weekend, I was with my two sisters, Mom, and the She's on our second annual girls adventure. Lovingly referred to by our father this go-around as our junket, meaning frivolous trip. We had planned it months in advance. It would take place in early August, a chance to reconnect his friends, sisters, and mother. If you haven't read our prior posts when referencing the she's, she was our mom's best friend in Yuma, Arizona, our place of birth. They lived next door to each other before life sent them both packing. We love that they still find one another. Not long after solidifying these dates, I received a message from Moo, my bestie, stating that she may have the chance at tickets to a Taylor Swift concert. And not just any show. Not one performance of hers is just any show, but you understand the sentiment. Perhaps the final one of her last stop on her North American Eras tour in 2023 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. This date just happened to be scheduled two days after the conclusion of the junket. I squealed with delight at the possibility, but maintained composure as she awaited the news. It hit. We were in. I could hardly believe it, but also felt internal crisis as to the selfishness of this trip, having just returned from the above mentioned. I am a mom of three children, after all. I have a job. There are responsibilities at play. But the hubs told me, no, you're going. And my work wife was very understanding. So I shared the news with the girls on the junket trip, and we launched into a lengthy discussion about Taylor and her popularity and career. As we discussed her accolades and controversies and watched a few of her music videos, Kara responded, have I been living under a rock? I could feel her starting to convert. For background knowledge, I've never considered myself a Swifty, a devout fan. I have followed her music and softly followed the public events of her life since she burst onto the country music scene with her self-written smash hit, Tim McGraw. I have a great deal of respect for her intellect, her talent, and her grit. But I haven't been to a show, I've never bought a piece of merchandise, I have bought albums, and I certainly haven't been a consistent fan. However, her influence has permeated the lives of so many of us that may consider ourselves mild admirers from afar. There are memories of cruising in my mom's GMC Suburban while blasting teardrops on my guitar as I daydreamed of a love life and also wondered what that even was. Courage is found through her Reputation 2018 album in which she told the world she's not giving up on herself or shirking away quietly from the bad press. The man accompanies frustrations felt in the workplace, An Antihero speaks directly to the heart when we feel the world does not understand us. We sing Better Man to those who have heard us while contemplating how we want to raise our children. Her responsive convictions in, you need to calm down, remind us we are not to be silenced. We stand up and shake it off and turn 22 and welcome ourselves to New York any time we need to connect with our bodies again. Her love songs, so many love songs, encapsulate the emotional mystery of the quintessential fairy tale gone awry. Our first crush was Love Story, the Head and the Clowns narrative that preteen girls giddy themselves over. All Too Well is the ballad that will reach into your once thought to be healed heart and drench it all over with first love flashback tears. Brutally Honest are the lyrics to Endgame, where she explains how deeply we need to be wanted. She calls out our slightly obsessed tendencies in Lover, when we really have it bad. The One describes the pangs of a love that didn't stand the test of time. Midnight Rain revisits that time we snubbed the good guy to explore alternative pursuits, for most of us, defective relationships. One could go on and on, but we will close this segment with the following. Any critic that finds her irritating because all she sings about is love songs may want to delve in a touch and find out why her music resonates with his girlfriend, spouse, mother, daughter, human. Maybe actually listen to her perspective. It may benefit your own relationships. Just a fleeting thought you'll find all of the emotions you have felt and those you didn't know you had in her lyrics. Whether by design or happenstance, Taylor's work has intertwined our own experiences, and she just keeps pumping it out, evolving. She is fun and sweet and silly, but also dark and pensive and revengeful. She can sell out six straight shows at the same location And hold the record for highest grossing musical tour ever and win 12 Grammys and stand up against crude behavior and attacks on her character, holding the offenders accountable. She blends words with melodies and remains seemingly enchanted with love and life, albeit with the artistic torture that typically accompanies these sorts of talents. She displays the full range of human potential. So there I went. I booked a direct flight from Jacksonville to Los Angeles to take off two days before my eldest started the third grade. Irresponsible? Eh. I will be back that night. One last summer hurrah before my life is rededicated to all things children. But I had to go and make those friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. Am I ready for it? The day of the concert arrived. My sister-in-law, Meredith... Avid Swifty made it to town at 6.30 a.m. with cold brew coffee for all. We sat around the besties' kitchen table discussing the phenomenon that is Taylor Swift. What draws us to her? Why she's so massive? All of it. The others got to work on the day-to-day. I brainstormed how I would occupy myself in Los Angeles until pre-showtime. I'll go work out, I decide. Book an Orange Theory class in Playa Vista. Kept the streak alive. I was so distracted, I parked the borrowed SUV in a compact spot, then on the same side as the street sweeper, narrowly avoiding a ticket, and only because Meredith saw the meter police coming. Come home. Shower. Megan, a dear one, and our fourth for the show, arrived. The friendship bracelet beads appeared. A ritual among Swifties, in which one buys a bead kit and makes their own jewelry with words from her lyrics we began the tedious process of stringing the beads together. I selected chosen family with shades of pastels and got lost in the concept of it. How we craft who we spend our time with, how this molds over time into new priorities and the necessary goodbyes, the space created that we must walk into to fully breathe. It feels monumental and strange. But then I read the mint colored fearless bracelet that I slipped onto my right arm and told myself it would be okay. Suddenly it was time to get dressed. Out came the sparkly Barbie dress, the sequin 1989 jacket, the red lipstick, the pink denim jacket. We went to dinner in Inglewood, basked in pasta and spicy Caesar salads while discussing reincarnation, June bugs, and Taylor's love life. It was then time to go to SoFi Stadium. We arrived and the cultural phenomenon that is Taylor Swift began. Everyone, everywhere, so very happy. So ready to have a guaranteed amazing time. We bought drinks from a sweet man that was collecting bracelets for his daughter and found our seats as the opening band Heim closed out their set. Behind the floor stage, we saw Taylor's dancers filing in. Then, the famous janitor's cart, with Taylor presumably inside, was wheeled up. We gasped. Was this real? A clock appeared and began the two-minute countdown. The crowd erupted in glittered euphoria. Dancers with endless tufts of pastel peacock fabric pranced on stage and suddenly, from the folds of their hidden cave, Taylor. We were enmeshed in a mini version of Miss Americana, followed by the full song Cruel Summer, and from there, we embarked on the ride of our lives. Song after song, dance after dance, costume after costume, her lyrics moved through us. She covered the Lover, Fearless, Evermore, Reputation, Speak Now, Red, and Folklore eras. I gazed through the audience in awe as they lost their voices for the chance to break the world record of applause after her piano-accompanied performance of Champagne Problems. Taylor standing on stage in bewilderment while they persistently hollered. As she prepared to transition to 1989, strolling to the end of the runway that is her stage, she told the crowd that she wanted to talk for a moment. She shared the news that she is releasing Taylor's version of the 1989 album in October. October 27th, to be exact, the date of the initial release of the 1989 album. The most sociologically shocking moment of the tour then happened. The crowd that is hers erupted in a deafening collection of screams. A typical observer may have thought she suddenly announced she was engaged or dropping a brand new surprise album, but no. A re-record of a previous album that has been out since 2014, but with new songs from The Vault, which is super exciting. Her fans care as fervently about her owning her own music as she does. She has created a community that screams that hard for the concept. This is what she has built and inspired for the modern day human the power of living fully in one's emotions and simultaneously ruling an empire. This is her legend. This is her life's work. She is intelligent and beautiful funny, and gifted. She's calculated, a mastermind, a marketing guru, self-directed, confident, and single, a boss, and a generous spirit. She may be forevermore alone, drifting from one complex relationship to another, trying on a soft landing before realizing yet again that she was meant to perpetually fly into the unknown. She is one of one, an anomaly of poetry and capitalism. A previously self-declared non-Swifty, I found myself swiftly enchanted by the enigma that she is. Writing about it is a form of self-torture. I open myself up to critique from those reading who are lucky to have been at the show as no words can adequately convey the art of her musical performances. It was an incomparable euphoria, like spending the night in a star-filled mansion with all of the best friends that know our innermost vulnerabilities, singing our hearts out to the healing tunes of the seasons of our lives. In the words of Meredith, this experience was like going to your favorite football team Super Bowl game and knowing they were going to win. Because Taylor wins every single time. But we still need to go because we want to be a part of that moment. We need her to see that she is not alone, however isolating it may be as the monster on the hill. We walked out of that stadium with legs that could not feel. We could have, and would have, stood there another 3.5 hours. Groundless, floating in the sensation that is the Eras Tour somewhere in the atmosphere that buffers her from the everyday, reaching into the void to touch that historical wrinkle in time. I flew home, visualizing the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean, both from the air in under five hours, wheeled my carry-on through the door, pet the dog, hugged my husband, and kissed my boys goodnight. I walked into my daughter's room, where her face was gently pressed up against the rails of her crib, knelt down and kissed her lips. I slipped the love story bracelet off my arm and draped it onto the wrist of the Lego baby Yoda creature that our eldest son built, the one that holds night vigil over her. The next morning I picked her up and walked her to the friendship bracelet, explaining that it was brought to her from the experience of a lifetime. She smiled and asked for it. I slipped love story onto her tan, tiny little toddler arm and we left her room together boldly into the next era of our lives. Ah, reading that was like being there again, guys. Listen, I know there's so many people out there that wanted so badly to go to Taylor and did not have the opportunity. And I just want you to know it was an experience I'm incredibly grateful for. It never would have happened without my friend. And, um... I just also have to say, I have heard they're making a documentary about the Eras tour. So we all need to be sure to catch that because that will be an amazing experience as well. Thank you again for listening this week. Please be sure that if you're liking our content, you subscribe at knockitoff.substack.com. And we'll be back with you next week.